Welcome back. This is Podak Purple episode. I can't remember, but this is a very special one. I always say that, but this is super, super special because... The most special. Um, this is the most special because um, it's April, but March was the uh, International Women's Month. And I've been planning this particular episode for a long time, specifically for that month, because... Who better to celebrate it with than two women that I absolutely love and admire and yeah, like oh my god. <laughs> I wish this was I wish this was taped now, but yeah, these are my babies. Um my sisters from another mother <laughs> from sister from another mister. Um <laughs> We've known each other for how long now? I think it's been um, 12 years, almost, right? Gazillion. 2005. Yeah, like 13. Almost 13, yeah. yeah. But it really feels like forever. Though. It feels like these people were in the womb with, your, with yours truly. Um, but aside from the fact that I love them, um, they're also very intelligent, very entrepreneurial, very um, resourceful, very crazy um women and i think they encompass what it means to be an all-rounded diverse person holistic with a holistic outlook on life etc i'm talking so much but i'm going to introduce both of them and i'm just going to let them uh go for it i'm going to let you say what name you want to be called because quite (laughs) honest i tried i was like so what do you want to be known as on the podcast they're like I want to be known as Esmeralda and all kinds of things. So I'm just going to let them go ahead and do this. So who wants to go first? (laughs) I'll start pointing. Yes. Okay. So I'll go first. I'll go first. My name is Siran. I wasn't part of the people who wanted to go by aliases. Okay. Those people can explain themselves. But my name is Siran and I'm super, super excited to be on the podcast with my besties yes hi guys <laughs> so i am Pukwe and siran's very good friend and you can all call me a friendship photographer mansa clap 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 yourself clap yourself mansa can they call you mansa or that's your name okay my name is mansa <laughs> you can't call me no, aka my name is mansa i you know belly dancer but i'm no 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 stop okay I'm going to regret this so much, but it's fine. It's cool. It's whatever. Um, so let's get started. Before we get jump into why you specifically are here, let's just like run through some of the interesting things that um, have happened in the past couple of weeks, especially relating to um, the women that we follow and care about. Um, let's start with, obviously, the person who influenced the name of this podcast in the first place, Miss Cardi B. Um, new album out, new video out, expecting a baby, everybody talking all kinds of, of shits, and yet one of the baddest albums out there, mm-hmm, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. She bad. She bad. So, she bad. <laughs> apparently it's been out for, what, two days, but somebody has already learned all the lyrics. So, mm-hmm. what do you think? How you, what do you think about the album? Like, I love Hair, the album... 
what the album represents. And so I started following Cardi B like when her teeth was really bad and she was like on I just found her on Instagram one day and I really just liked her, still following her. And um to see where she's come from from all her mixtapes, I listened to Gangster Beach Volume One, Volume Two. Okay. Um then she came out with Bodak Yellow was a hit. And she had a couple of other songs and then now she has a whole album out with like lots of really cool people it really shows you what's um that you can be anything you set your mind to i mean i'm inspired by her and i'm really proud of her success and cardi b if you're listening to me i'm your number one fan and i really love you thank you <laughs> see she's claimed number one so you know you know what to do i'm so sorry for my friend's misbehavior <laughs> yeah but i think um cardi b has been very resourceful mm. in how far she has been able to come yeah. because I didn't follow her on the music stage until recently, mm-hmm. but I used to watch her on Love and Hip Hop. <laughs> I mean, that's one thing you know about me. Okay, I watch all poison. the <laughs> I watch all the Love and Hip Hop franchises everywhere they exist. Okay, and I mean from that time she. She has really grown and like yeah. developed herself, sure. you know. And so I think that's very admirable. And it also just shows that whatever you really want to achieve as a woman, mm-hmm. you can. And nothing should stop you from yes, achieving your your dreams and goals. I mean, um, we are all very different. It doesn't mean that anybody who wants to be successful should, should pick up a <laughs> microphone and start rapping. <laughs> But in whatever whatever it is that you're interested in, mm-hmm. you know, don't True. discount it. Don't, you know, just be confident in yourself and you can. Yeah, you I can mean, if you're passionate enough about it, just do it. Like, yes. That's, I think, what Simone is trying to say. Yes. What do you think about the al- album Loki being um, the lemonade for Cardi B? Like, like the lemonade? Like, um, you know how lemonade was addressing certain things for Beyonce? Oh, I think it's not so much Mm -hmm. the lemonade for Cardi B because Cardi B seems to just ride off of their fame or the bus going on at the time, Mm -hmm. you know, to make music that will sell. Yeah. So I think it's more of a pun intended, you know, towards us rather than a a sub against... um, Offset. Yeah, and, uh, and, and they're all just trying to make money. Like, yeah. Beyonce's Lemonade wasn't really trying to that, that's, that's know anything about mm. Beyonce's life. It was just trying for it to make money. So, if this is how Cardi B is making money, you go, girl. You go, Cardi. <laughs> go, sis. I love it. <laughs> okay, so then the transition is um, the next thing is that, uh, what's her name? Wait, what do you think about her baby? Um,. I mean, so, not that it's our business, I guess. But <laughs> oh, she's my cousin. Well, so what do you think about niece. how she has basically addressed the whole thing? Um, you mean how she's addressed her being pregnant? I guess not her being pregnant, but because like everybody was like, "Oh, you know, offset cheated and blah blah blah," and now she's pregnant. I guess there's been a lot of people who've been like, "Oh no, you're sticking with another fuckboy boy kind of situation," but her herself and how she has dealt with. With the with the situation and what people say and all that. So I watched her 
on an interview this morning, I think, and she was saying um, it's her private life, um, the decision she started to make, and she's sticking with it. Mm-hmm. And she hasn't really confirmed whether or not she's pregnant. Yeah, yeah. But she's saying like she's let everybody into her life, which she has a lot. So mm-hmm. that's what she wants to keep to herself. She yeah. and she's entitled to. True. And I stand with my sister Kadiri <laughs> on that because um, <laughs> it's really her life. And if she's falling in love with but people think it's a fuck boy that who makes yeah. her happy as long as he's not beating her as long as she's happy you do you Cardi because yeah. everybody has their poison if that's her poison call it poison oh. <laughs> see what I mean? yeah because I was I was going to say that I'm not even sure if she's pregnant mm-hmm. I think she is I mean her face it, is swelling and stuff and yeah. she started wearing loose clothing I think she is I watched her yesterday evening. I think she'll be the most fun mom I think pregnancy may change her a bit yo she may she may tone down a bit. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it'll be her first child, right? So mm. and Kadibi is a baby, you know? Yeah. She is pretty young. Yeah, she, she is, is pretty young. I don't think she's even twenty-five. No, I don't Let know. Let me check her age. I don't know. Because she said I think she said she started stripping at sixteen. Yeah. And it hasn't been that long since, so Yeah. Yeah. But Sarah, what were you saying before? She's twenty-five. Twenty-five, yeah. Yeah, I was saying that I'm not even sure if she is pregnant in mm-hmm. the first piece. But if she is now, it's the the stereotype of having a stable relationship before mm-hmm. you can bring a child is gone. Yeah, you it's know, old news. <laughs> Once, as the woman, you are capable of taking, taking care, care of, of your child. Now. I think it's always a blessing. To yeah, I don't know why people freak out about celebrities being able to take care of their kids. I mean. They have but is money. that what people are freaking out about? I mean, though? you know, it's it's sort of that it's sort of that like, oh no, you're going to bring um a child that you I think people think um that Offset Offset will not marry her. But the thing is it that she just be a baby mama like his. I think yes. But then if she's a baby mama, she's out of maybe out of all of them, she's the only baby mama who essentially will be taking care of herself. So it shouldn't be her place to make sure that the guy takes care of her kid, you know. Yeah, he should I mean, make sure he takes care of the kid and yeah. that should be the the end of that. She wanted a baby, she's pregnant, yeah. she's having a baby. And she can take care of the child yeah. even if he chooses not to. Yeah. Um, but yeah. And I think, I think because they were engaged, mm. people were expecting them to get married and then, yeah. but yeah. things happen. Those things are always so complicated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I, yeah, I, I think that she will be a really cool mom. I think that she'll be very excited to have yeah. a child. And she looks like she loves because even the way she is with her sister, yeah. she was a lot of like family, whatever. So we don't have any any problems there. You mentioned something about like uh, at least she, like, he's not beating her and stuff. And the fact that we have to say that, you know, about about celebrity relationships, especially mm-hmm. in the like recent years S-A-B-O. past. Yeah, it's like you know, I mean, from from. Um, what was that? So, was it a footballer? Uh. Well, Tina Turner. But like, even that, like, we kind of, it kind of flew under the radar yeah. for a long time until now, even though it happened years ago. Mm-hmm. But like, that whole thing of, you know, people are in some messed up relationships, especially with celebrities, because where else are you going to go, right? It's like, he has money, he has power, he has influence, um, and our sting. But like, do you think? Do you feel like it's it's happening more? Or we're noticing more. How do you feel about like sort of the? Um, I I I don't think it's happening more. I think it's happening just as much as it used to happen. Mm-hmm. It's just that now we are more aware of it. People are talking more about it, mm-hmm. and people are able to 
say no this is not good no yeah. we don't want this and social media has really helped that because mm-hmm. now you see videos and everybody can see this person is beating that but in the past when women were beaten and then some didn't even realize there's anything wrong with being beaten mm-hmm. but now there's more education so yeah. now that's how come we hear more of the cases True. but with regards to celebrities and like normal people mm-hmm. Human beings are human beings, whether they are famous and popular or rich yeah. or they are not. Mm-hmm. So I think it's almost the same at the same level. But because they are celebrities, then people are more interested in it. True. For a True. regular domestic violence issue, unless it's like really extreme where the woman is like dead or that's mm-hmm. when it becomes news and everybody's like, oh, this yeah. guy has done that. But for celebrities, a punch is like... It's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. So... Both and cases, you have to wonder, bad, but then yeah. for the celebs, we notice them more because mm-hmm. they are who they are. You have to wonder, like, what they think because, I mean, if I'm a celebrity, I know very well that every little thing is escalated. So, what kind of situation would somebody like throw all that, say that, regardless of the fact that I'm a celebrity and it'd be blown out of proportion, I'm going to do something as serious as. So, I've not been a celebrity before, but I know <laughs> that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> No, but Sorry. I'm not, no, no, I'll be once, like, I'll be famous very soon, but I'm not, I'm not famous yet, but I think, you know, the way, like, we're all adults now, but we don't mm. sort of realize sometimes that we are adults. Yeah. I think it's the same way um, stardom takes over you, like, they are there one day, they blow up, and then now they are stars. They don't realize that certain things are being watched, or that they do, sometimes it's easy for mm-hmm. them to slip back into their old ways yeah. and then do things that, um... Maybe they would have gotten away with yeah. when they weren't in the limelight, but mm. now they are. So then it gets blown up. Siran, since you are deep in the love and hip hop culture, culture slash underbelly, you know everything. Mm-hmm. I think were they on love and hip hop? Who? Um, Fab and his and I know Emily B. Yeah. Yes, Emily okay, B. So was tell me, on, but Fab was was not. Okay, yes. so tell me like. First of all, watching her in hindsight, did it seem like it you was know, evidence the thing, that there was something like that going on? I think it's two-dimensional. Okay, talk to me. I think, first of all, it has taken a longer time for females to accept their self-worth. True. To the extent that they actually agree that they don't deserve to be bit, beaten by anyone mm-hmm. or violated by anyone. Yeah. And the second part is that men have exercised power over females for a very long time in terms of controlling them with money because the men have been the providers of the home for a large like chunk of mm-hmm. time, you know. So I feel like now women are also becoming entrepreneurial. Women are also working hard and even women are making more than their partners in several instances. And so that has broken the cycle of women having to be subdued and having to keep quiet over being beaten or being mm-hmm. violated. Yeah. So that's why now it's coming out more mm-hmm. and more. And I think for the celebrities in particular, um. It's more prevalent in situations where the the woman is is less known or just mm. a nobody, no, and I then the man so. the man is a popular person. I think it comes out after it has happened several times. You I think you anyway whether you're popular or not. No. You know, men are sometimes threatened by female success. So then, whether you're popular or not, if he wants to beat you, he'll beat you. 
Like Tina Tina. No, I think yeah. they can. I'm saying it's more popular, especially okay. in the love and hip hop setting. Okay, like what setting. you see. Okay, okay. Like I how I see it. Okay. It's probably also more hidden, I guess, for yeah. some time. Like yes, because for Emily B, you see that she was fighting more for the relationship than Fab was yeah. from the very beginning. You know, it was, and once men know that they have that power and control over you, and you need them more than they need men you, <laughs> then they think they can get away with, with certain things. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know? I agree. I mean, I think yeah. that any human beings in positions of power, any kind of power, you know, will always abuse it if no one checks it. Yeah. Right. So that's why a teacher can beat you whenever they want whether you've done something or not, mm-hmm. because they have the power to, the same way if somebody feels that they have economic control over you. Um, you yeah. Know, and I mean, the whole thing of like women not being able to leave certain scenarios because of children, because of society and all of that, makes it hard for them to leave like a certain kind of, of, of situation that endangers them. I remember I saw this like, um, this the Ghana domestic abuse reports mm-hmm. so there's like a large like conditioning apparently is one of the biggest ways in which people cannot leave certain scenarios mm-hmm. certain situations like I think they did like a survey and it was like 65% of women mm-hmm. thought that it was okay for them to be beaten yeah. um, by their husbands and then oh no or was it 65 no either way 65% of them felt that no, 65% of them felt that it was okay to be raped if you are seen walking around in indecent clothing. And then there was like a 40-something percent of them thought that it was okay for them to be beaten by their mm-hmm. to be beaten by their husbands if they feel like if their husband says they've done something wrong. And then you think about it and you realize that prior to getting married, women are taught that if your husband says do this, do it. If he's angry, don't anger him further. Mm-hmm. All those things. Mm-hmm. And it's like, why can't you both be angry about something and hash it out? But it's like, okay, the moment he's angry, you have to make sure that he doesn't do anything. And it's like, your husband is your father, in a way. Not like, that's how you are. <laughs> I know, not in the, not in the daddy way, but he's, he's literally your father. <laughs> you know, he can remove a belt from Everybody. his closet and lash you because you did something. You know, and it's, I mean, luckily for us, I guess we are in a certain kind of class where the likelihood of that happening to us is less, even though it's still, you know, very mm-hmm. likely. It's still less. But there are some people who, first of all, it will happen to them more because they don't have an economic, you know, empowerment. And also, they are less likely to think that it's wrong because yeah. they've been conditioned differently. Yeah, I agree with you now. Anyway. Um, don't beat anybody. Please. Men don't beat women. Me, Men yeah, beat I think women. that, like... I don't understand. It's wait, very simple. Don't as a child, you didn't like being yes. beaten. So... Where you grow up, why would anybody the like being beaten? The only kind of beating should be beating that... That, you, that, that has a safe word, it's please. It's a drum. Uh. <laughs> or, I mean, but who is a drum? Talking Are you drum. a drum? <laughs> okay, so earlier this week, um, there was an interesting conversation going on on Twitter, okay, about uh, healthcare in Ghana and basically how there's... Like the likelihood of you surviving a very serious illness or injury or anything is is very low because our healthcare system just doesn't work. And I remember the other time we were talking about like childbirth and, you know, deciding which way you're going to go mm-hmm. and all of those things. And as as a woman who, you know, has a has a uterus, <laughs> um, 
it's one of the things that I have to think about as long as I think mm-hmm. about having children mm-hmm. is that I can't just get pregnant and say, okay, I'm just going to go when the time is right, pop out my baby and leave. Like the likelihood of something going wrong is very high. And I just wanted to like, let's talk about that. Like, let's talk about you, your own personal thoughts about, you know, the process, your fears about giving, having kids or, you know, those kinds of things. Um. So I like to think of myself as like a fearless person. Mm-hmm. When everybody asks me, um, what's your biggest fear? I really struggle to think about what it is. Mm-hmm. But if I think about it, childbirth may be my biggest fear. Okay. Because it's a scary something, mm-hmm. you know. Like there's a whole head, shoulders, knees and toes coming out <laughs> of your body. And it's oh, coming out. That video? Yes, I saw that video. I've seen two videos. I've seen this one where they're doing like the C-section with a new something. It's like a, I forget the name. I should know this, but it's like a, a rubber something where they're, oh, <laughs> trying to send them. Like, it's a really scary process. And for... <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. Anyway, I was being very serious. <clears throat> sorry, sorry. So, mm. and... I think I've heard that the closest you come to death is during labor, during childbirth. So it's, it's a difficult, guys, you have to clap for women who have given birth in your mothers. Like, it's a very difficult something. Like, I can't imagine the pain. My pain threshold is very low as both of you. So I just can't imagine the amount of pain. So I have all that pain to contend with and then to experience that in a facility that is not catering well enough to you. And with the uncertainty, what uncertainty whether you're going, you're being given the optimum care. I hear sometimes the nurses beat you. Yeah, <laughs> I was talking to. I work. Much. I work in the health field, so I've spoken to quite a number of midwives. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, I think for them, once they do this for a number of times, they become mm-hmm. sort of immune to the pain of childbirth. They see that they have like some of them do 20, 30 deliveries a day. So they don't have to. They don't really even have time to cuddle line. you. Yes, I guess. Just just do it and keep it moving. But everybody wants... It, it's very different for everybody. Mm. So, um, with regards to this particular situation, yes, personally, it's a big fear of mine. Mm-hmm. Um, luckily, um, sort of in a bracket where I wouldn't be hopefully exposed to what is available at that time. Mm. I'm hoping at that time I will have sort of control over exactly where, which doctor, etc. Mm. But this particular burden is on people who have who don't have that choice. Truly. Whose only um option is option you end up in the general hospital, end up whoever in the general takes hospital, you. Any midwife that's or even sometimes it's just a public health facility. Any if they are there, fine. If mm-hmm. they are not there, fine. If they can see to you, fine. So your fate really is in their hands. And those are the people that I feel like our health system feels the most. Because yes, um, with what I I saw recently in the news, you, there was an issue um where the guy was um taking his ankle from facility mm. to facility. Imagine if you didn't even have that a car, yeah, a car yeah. So you are just at the mercy. They say don't treat you, just be there and die. And mm-hmm. I feel like our health system feels the people at the bottom of the pyramid mm-hmm. the most True. if we are to rank it anyway. So yeah. um, I would really love to give a solution, <laughs> but to be I don't want to go into that right now. I mean, it's multiple parts. There's really no way to... You can't identify one thing and say... It's a whole systematic change that has to occur. Mindset. Like, there's so many factors that need to change. And we can start at each point. But if we say we're not going to start point A because point B will be ready to receive after point Mm -hmm. A is done, then we're never going to move forward. Yeah. So, yeah. 
We've been him stick on my health. <laughs> stick mm-hmm. it on the Ministry of Health. Siran. Mm-hmm. Well, um, apart from the economic and logistical constraints that pushes people Bro. to to get <laughs> bad health care, mm-hmm. especially women when they are delivering, mm-hmm. I think a big chunk of the problem comes from lack of accountability on the part of our healthcare professionals. Mm-hmm. Because... In Ghana, we don't have the system of going after negligent mm-hmm. health workers mm-hmm. who have caused a death or like a, a disability in a child or whatever it was, that they, the problem mm-hmm. that they caused. We never go after them. So they, they actually become, they actually feel that they have so much power mm-hmm. and no one can touch them. They feel like they are untouchable. And so they do these mistakes without even thinking twice or flinching. Mm -hmm. Most of the stories I've heard recently, most unfortunately, people have died after surgery Mm -hmm. many times because the anesthesiologist didn't take proper care. And they give anesthesia, they give full anesthesia when local anesthesia will suffice. Mm -hmm. They don't even check the person's allergies Mm. before even giving some of these powerful anesthetic Mm. drugs to the people. Because I have had surgeries, I mean, at least twice. One from when I had my son and one later on. But all those times I was asked, what do you... What are you allergic to? Mm-hmm. Because sometimes there are things like penicillin and yeah. other things that are mixed with these anesthetic drugs that if you are allergic to can have a fatal reaction mm-hmm. on your body. Yeah. You know, but because we don't have any system of accountability when it comes to doctors, it's like doctors, nurses and health professionals are above the law in our country. We, we 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 don't have the facilities, the resources to go after such people, and I think mm-hmm. that's a big part of of the problem, regardless of the logistical or economic challenges that we may face. And mind you, I understand perfectly that they are also not fully equipped sometimes with everything that they need. Some of them do well. They go to remote villages and places that, I mean, we wouldn't go to, we don't agree Mm -hmm. to go and work in, but then they are there to help the people. We Mm -hmm. appreciate that. But unfortunately, people shouldn't die from childbirth. People need not die from anesthesia. Routine Yes, <laughs> a routine, a elective yeah. routines that things that are very minor. People should not die mm-hmm. from them. So I think we have a very, very big problem yeah. as a country when it comes to that. Um, oh, look at you tearing! <laughs> <laughs> this is very emotional, guys, for everybody involved. But I think a lot. I think almost everybody has some story that yeah. is either linked to yourself or somebody else in your family having a bad experience with healthcare, and it's very devastating. Yeah, and it's even more devastating. Or it's even sadder when you know, as the people that we are, whenever we encounter an issue, we always try to think. What can we do? Mm-hmm. But with such a thing, every time I think yeah. about the solutions, it's, you need you need more yes, it, resources, it's just, power. Yeah, it's just too many prongs. 
and too many different players and too many things that mm-hmm. need to be fixed. And I'm always wondering, so Where can't start? we start? Where do we start? <laughs> can we start from here? Can we? And as an average Joe or Jolene, like, I'm wondering, like, what can I do? Yeah. Like, what can you do? What yeah. can she do? So it's, I mean, I don't think it's something that cannot be fixed, but it will take a lot yeah. of willpower. And I mean, at the end of the day, we have people that we put in place to take care of these things. That's the point, right? A random, a random, an average person who is not who is not a healthcare professional, who is not, um, you know, in charge of providing healthcare for a country, should not have to now think. Okay, all you have to think about is: Am I getting to the hospital? Um, am I doing what the doctor told me to do? Um, am I preventing any ailments such that you know you only have to go to the hospital when you need to? That's your role as an average person. You shouldn't now. Given the fact that you pay taxes, you've appointed people, you've, you know, given them their support, your support and everything, have to now sit in on a on a Saturday afternoon be thinking, how can I help the healthcare? Yeah. But it system. is what it is, right? Yeah. Because if we leave it to those people we've put in power, we've left it to them and see what's happening. <laughs> so we might as well, well also yeah. but then that's the problem yeah. now. What's what can we do? If you have any suggestions, please text to zero two four four. I mean, uh, if you're listening and you love to, like, you know, um, <laughs> share. Once we put this up, you can just basically reply to. Yeah, like let's and just let's talk about this some do. more. I'll, oh, I'd I, love I, to. I actually think we should tackle it from a preventative yeah. angle more than, than uh, a what? after the fact. So angle. preventing what? So we should, as much as possible, avoid going to the hospital. Avoid no, avoid the death in the first place. Right? How can so we not be litigating the death? Yeah, and so it comes from the health facilities and the personnel. Mm-hmm. So which is we can't do anything about it. No, no. as as far as we are not doctors or nurses <laughs> yeah. or health professionals, for now we can't do anything about it. But, but then what we, we cannot can, not say we won't do anything about. I mean, so, yeah, I think just, for us, no, I'm saying I think talking about it. Yeah. No, I'm, that, I'm, but, I'm saying we can't do anything practically or hands on about it, mm. apart from creating the environment that will raise the awareness. Mm. That's what I think as a people we have to we have to think about what what avenues do we have to even demand that people do their job you understand like we have people we have people in office when they're doing something what are our channels to actually like make sure that they represent what we need because when you think about it besides voting somebody into power or voting somebody who then appoints somebody we don't have any way of saying that look I demand to speak with my uh, local Ministry of Health representative and ask questions and demand answers and all of those things. And we don't have that. Like, once they get up into the ivory tower, that's it. We are just there until they come down occasionally to say hi and then go back. But we don't have... We don't have town hall meetings. We don't have... Maybe we have... We just... No, there's a whole... You know, we have the DC... Yeah, we have them, but... but how organized yeah. is this? And even I mean, if it's organized, personally, you will you go? Yeah, personally, when I go, when I do like, re, um, when we go out into the field and things and we have to engage with um, the the offices, maybe for a Greek or something like that, like, 
you struggle to find them. Like when you get there, they are not there. Mm. It's difficult to talk to them. They are not also not very much equipped. So then that's yeah. that as well. Like if you ask for information, they don't have it. It's in papers on their desks, some you know, like all those things. And yeah. it's 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 frustrating. It's it so dancing, like a magic wand. <laughs> we like we need a back. whole re revamp. I mean we have to go and ask Rwanda what they are doing because yeah, it seems but like there are this one it is is it's really for those who have the power and the mm, money to do yeah, it but true. you there are legal avenues because yeah, you for instance you can't it. say but you I prevent think, being yeah. a woman who has but, babies yeah, right I also think that um we um who seem to be able to identify the problems who are worried about the problems who are passionate enough about it she should think speaking. about she should keep speaking one but also think about maybe trying to enter some of these leadership roles mm-hmm. where we'll be able to affect some of these changes. Because I've noticed the trend where there are so many well-educated people, um, people with great ideas. Yes, perhaps when you enter the system yourself, the system might affect you. You wouldn't know that. But you have great ideas. You feel like you can effect, affect change in a particular... Why don't you stand for mm-hmm. MP, for... I mean, for these posts, I, I don't know how easy it is to get there, but That's the thing. if we leave it to people we, we feel are incompetent, we ourselves are not willing to stand up to do the work, then mm. it's going to be the same. It's one of the, but I mean, getting into public office is one of the most difficult yeah. things in that. That's I think. a thing. It's very, it's very, there are lots of barriers. At least that's what I think, that, you know, as much as you're interested in making a change and all, it's also very hard to get in the door. Yeah in the first place especially as women Mm. (laughs) you know if you're going in you're either going in through the ministry of gender tickets or that's it but how many female ministry ministers of health have we had have we had had (laughs) you know and health health is not just okay health but like you have to understand that nuances of providing health care for specific and i think also also what i think the issue is that sometimes they are Great passionate people who are really, I'm sure the people who have been in these kind mm. of offices have been, have gone with energy. Yeah. But sometimes, by when the you're time you're done, yo. <laughs> like, it's like any office in Ghana, to be quite honest. If you go in, like, I'm going to make changes and yeah. all of that, it takes a lot of willpower. But we have to, it takes keep, a lot uh, of, I don't know. The trick is to keep trying and accept that it might not happen in your lifetime. But That's it, just what it is. It can. So why yeah. shouldn't it? I mean, you work and then you hope. Because I but, think, you know what annoys me the most? When I hear all these, um, I don't know, are they the generation? We are generation what? I don't know, to be quite honest. We are generation Y. Why? The generation X people. They're saying that we are hoping that you people, the next generation. I hear that yeah, growing up, yeah. I heard it all. I'm sure you're yeah, the yeah. next generation. You are the future, why, yes, blah, blah, blah. You, why can't you try and do it? You're not dead though. You are alive. You are the one. Yeah. And you are telling us that you're waiting for us to come and fix the problems that all of you have. Because, like, why you, uh, we should also now say, okay, we the generation, why are we yeah. the generation Z to come and do this for us? Mm-hmm. Okay. So, generation Z to come and do this for us. Like, I, like, I don't think we should not think it will happen in our, yeah, in our lifetime. Yeah. We just find a way. So, again, if you have any suggestions, yeah. text to zero Hit us up. Hit us up. Well, we can transition now. Oh, yes. <laughs> She's raising her hand. Yes, you. In the corner over there. Yes. Yeah, so as I was saying, <laughs> there there are some legal avenues that you can actually take mm-hmm. if you want to force an administrative body or a statutory body to do their duties. Talk to us. <laughs> Tell us, please. Yes, but 
it requires a lot of logistics because mm-hmm. there are very few lawyers who are willing to pursue mm-hmm. such mm-hmm. actions pro bono. Yeah. And so it, it becomes difficult. But there are legal avenues. You can actually ask a court to force an institution mm-hmm. to do the right thing or yeah. to perform their statutory duty. And there are actually provisions that um, regulate the exercise of discretionary power. Is and then that's such... why didn't you say brothel? Why didn't you say brothel, master? <laughs> it went over master. my head. <laughs> it went over my head. Break it down. For yes, us, yes, yes. Mm. So there are actually rules in place that tr- seek to prevent administrative bodies, state institutions from exercising their powers in a manner that is unconscionable. It's, it's just vicious and capricious. <laughs> but. <laughs> <laughs> Vicious, capricious, capricious, delicious, 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 delicious. Yes, yes, yes. But again, the problem lies with enforcement, you know. So it's actually difficult to enforce them. Mm -hmm. And I think that many people, I mean, don't rise to leadership positions as they ought to because Mm -hmm. the society has a way of pulling people Mm -hmm. who are ambitious back mm-hmm. you know we 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 stifle growth yeah. as a country and i think that that is what has discouraged several people, people from that because anybody who knew me from my uni days will say this girl is all about politics this girl can argue politics from morning to evening you know but now i have absolutely <laughs> lost steam and why is that I've lost it because I've seen that women who have tried or attempted mm-hmm, to mm-hmm. open their mm-hmm. mouths have been called prostitutes, sluts, yeah. cheap women. In fact, the automatic thing is you've stepped your way to the top. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, yeah. and for people like us who have families that we care about, when you think about your life and your health, you f- you feel it's not even worth it mm-hmm. to pursue such yeah. ambitious careers because of the way the society does everything possible to push you down. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if you remember, I told you people this story. One day I went to work and the security man insisted that I look like a student and not a lecturer. Yes, and so yes, yes. I should park where the students park. And I said to him, I'm here to teach my class. And he said, no, madam, stop lying. Go and park <laughs> where the liar. students park. We don't believe you. Yes. And I said, no. How dare you impersonate a lecturer? I, I may look young. I am young. But I'm a lawyer and I'm a lecturer. I'm here. And I'm here to teach. So he didn't allow me until I had to get the administrator to come down and verify that, oh, this woman has just joined the staff of Gimba. Mm-hmm. She's lecturing commercial law. She's here to teach her class. And you can see that this is the stereotypical nonsense. Meanwhile, no man will look young enough to, to not be a Of course, lecture. any mm. man would have passed yeah, because yeah. They, they as look, a lecturer. Mm, mm. But I don't, so I asked him, how do scum. lecturers look like? Mm-hmm. And ask him. You have to be old and male. Yeah, and a man, yes. Yeah, that's it. Yes. You know, so it's, it's, it's very, very mm-hmm. difficult. So I yeah. think that as people, it's high time we stopped pointing fingers, stopped stifling growth. When we see somebody that is ambitious, let's encourage the person. Mm -hmm. Let's not start to insult because nobody is perfect. Yeah. You know. Yeah, but I think this issue of people talking about you, it's going, it's been there from time immemorial. The woman in the Bible, Mm -hmm. 
everybody was talking about her. We don't know. Maybe she was at home. Maybe she was not. But everybody was talking about her. Everybody was saying bad things about her. Um, it's going to happen either way. So if you let that stop you, you may not look at Cardi B, for example. Yeah. Everybody was saying she was a stripper. Her teeth is bad. She doesn't look at her now. If she decided to let what other people say get in the way, she wouldn't be Cardi B of. Uh, but privacy invasion. <laughs> <laughs> invasion of privacy fame. So I think yes, it's there, but yeah. but and that I think is the calling of being a woman. Like there are all these molds that people expect you to fit in. And once you don't fit in, then you are this, you are that. I mean, for example, you can't be a nice young lady going to teach. No, but God forbid for, yes. that a lecturer looks nice. No, and God you have forbid. To wear the, political the most seats. painful thing is even <laughs> females also Yeah. Look down on fellow females like that and because that's, uh, I want one of I mean fe- the females that I know was actually like so is it that you you <laughs> mark do you set questions like no it's like she was even in denial like to the extent that even females cannot accept that another yes. female the conditioning is so yeah, the, bad yes. very, very but my bad. point is that if you let that stop you mm. and that's the extra difficulty if you ask me and this was one of the things that I don't think I was prepared for in coming into adulthood I just it just occurred to me that I just felt like okay I'm young if I'm doing this and I'm doing it the right way What's I should problem? be accepted doing the right way but no how can you be a young woman how can you dress nicely and talk so well and like it's, it's not supposed to be it's mutually exclusive no you cannot so, <laughs> yes. so but if if you let that stop you mm-hmm. and it, it, i don't like to it's difficult yeah. everybody you see somebody with a strong character and i really admire all these female politicians all these female mm-hmm. who come out and they're always i used to think okay they have a strong character so it's easy for them but you realize even those it, it breaks you sometimes but yeah. i think that that's that's the um, burden of being a woman that mm-hmm. we have to face day in and day yeah. out. Continue doing you. Continue pressing for progress. Although every pressing for progress that's mm-hmm. key. Pressing <laughs> for progress. Continue pressing for progress. Yes. yes. Even though everything else stops you, yeah. and it's daunting. I mean, I've personally had like really low moments where I've wondered, like, so maybe I should just not give off what I have to the world. I should yeah. not speak my mind. I shouldn't. I know, I know this, but I shouldn't. But throw all those things aside and do you and keep on. Yeah. Because then we live in a world where I don't want to make this like a men are scum, but men are scum kind of talk. But we live in a world where it's a man's world. Don't it's, be afraid to say a it. man or a men are scum. Yeah, don't be afraid. Oh, men are scum. Oh, are men scum? Mm. Men are not scum. Okay. Scum. I know people are going to jump on this and be like, oh my God, they'll say it when I ask The thing is that it's 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 a societal structure that makes it such that yeah. even if you know so the all the male men in your life. Yeah, there's a the male privilege you know, that we, we don't have because we don't we are not men. But that shouldn't stop us from yeah. pushing for it. I think that, you know, you you you've you've raised like basically this part of the discussion is very important because it's it's one of the motivations for the rest of you know, the topics that I have lined out is that you can't, you can't face this kind of thing alone, essentially, you know, like you can be the strongest person in mm-hmm, the world. Mm-hmm. You can be the most assertive, most mm-hmm. confident, most, I don't take trash um, person. But at the end of the day, it's about, you know, having a support system. Mm-hmm. And this is where people are always trying to say things like women are their own enemies and whatever, whatever. And me, my personal belief is that We've created a sort of scarcity of women positions. 
as if to say that only one woman can be at the top at any point in time. And it's created this sort of animosity that doesn't exist under normal circumstances. Like, if I'm with my friends, I don't feel any kind of animosity to them. But if, for instance... Because you have good friends. I think, no, I think that it's because we're always... We pit women against each other because look no look at I do have good friends I mean Mm -hmm. that's for sure but I look at something like if a female artist releases music and another female artist releases music almost instantly you'll see ooh is this Cardi B song as good as this Beyonce song but if Future and Drake both release an an album in the same day it would be like oh Future and Drake music at the same time this is this is dope and whatever so. I think that like we've it's, it's an illusion that women can't support themselves. So let's talk about sisterhood and partnership and collaboration and how that's different from just regular collaboration with people and what it has helped, what it means to you in where you are in your life right now, like your progress throughout school, throughout your job, your career, whatever it is you're interested in. What has partnerships with women meant? for your um, current and future progress? Well, I think as women, we have a lot to offer each other Mm -hmm. because we understand more our pains and our problems. We can relate more to each other. Mm -hmm. And so in my experience, having a sisterhood and having females who influence your life can only make your life better. Mm-hmm. However, okay. women too are the, the most jealous, the most vicious, the most hateful people. Men it, can be bitches too. No, between, so. uh, amongst ourselves, especially. Like, I think that, I mean, unnecessarily, women have hated each other and, I mean, we... But why do you think that is? So I think it is... It is more societal mm. and it is it is more as a result of the lack of confidence that most women have. That okay. they, they end up having to find glory or happiness in the downfall of another woman. Right. You know, so I, I, I really, really feel that even though women or my, my having a, a, sisterhood, a sisterhood has helped me, sometimes some female friends... Have have sought to bring me back. So do you feel like so, it's easier to have a sisterhood of friends, or like to collaborate with your friends who are women, than it is to collaborate with your colleagues who are women? So I'd say that personally, um, I've had terrible experiences collaborating with women. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't know, so I've had bad experiences with them. I've also had great experience it's a great support where i've been able to go through some of the most difficult times of my life Mm -hmm. because i had such great sisters or great women who were there to listen to support and to encourage but i've also had women who have been there to detract Mm -hmm. so i think the bible says the heart of man is desperately wicked as for the wickedness you will find it in men you find it in women Mm -hmm. you will find women who um are there to bring you down um they just, they just don't like you for any reason. There are mm-hmm. people like that. There are men, there are women like that. But there are also great women who are there to lift you up. So instead of focusing on um, the people who the people who will detract you, um, focus on building that support network. If you have it, great. Make good use of it. If you don't, um, 
I feel sorry for you, ma. Because <laughs> I don't know how personally I would have survived adulthood if I didn't have like my friends and my sisters. When I was growing up, I wasn't much of a friend friend person. I was like the kind of person that's like I'd listen to you, I'd talk to you, but I won't share much with you because um that's how I was. Like I keep things to myself. But I remember when I was in secondary school, I watched was it girlfriends? I think it was girlfriends. And I just love the fact that they were like girlfriends who were like actually there for each other through everything. And I actually prayed. I prayed for friends that I could talk to about my struggles. I could share my joys openly with. But I think I was just too scared or too... I don't know why at a young age I just felt too vulnerable or too scared to share my struggles or to share things that made me vulnerable with other women. But now that I'm in my 20-somethings, I'm very <laughs> proud to say... I do have a strong sisterhood. I have, I felt that I have like five friends and I really do just have like five friends. I'm not going to mention anybody's name before somebody's name is not inside. Mention them. <laughs> but I really do have like five friends who are like my sisters who um, I can, I can share things that I can't share with anybody else with. If I need a quick advice, on something I know I can call them if I'm down I'm sad or something like, I know I can tell them and mm. whatever they tell me is in my best interest and I think it's it's one of the best feelings ever I honestly don't know how I survived adulthood um adulting is hard like <laughs> I'm not even too much of an adult I'm like a small adult but the little I've seen is, adult. <laughs> the I've seen is so difficult and I'm just really grateful that um, I have people in my life that like, although sometimes I don't want to talk to them, but when I do want to talk to them... The only yeah. time she doesn't want to talk to us is when she takes pictures and she, we don't... Appreciate my We appreciate it. She just doesn't send them to us. You don't ask for them. Anyway, that's another story for that. <laughs> Masa, as, as a sisterhood, yes. we shouldn't as have to ask. As a sisterhood, everybody should not take good pictures <laughs> of their friends. It can't be just me taking good pictures of people all the time. Sometimes people take good pictures of me. You, I mean, I'm Thank willing you. to help you host like, you know... Taking photographs of your friends' sessions. You have nothing to say about this. Yeah. <laughs> she, she knows she's, that in, she's anyway, not involved so in the picture taking just process. Just to summarize, <laughs> it's great having female friends. And yeah. funny thing is, I've heard this saying that if you've not really argued or quarreled with your friends, people are not true friends. But all my friends, I've known them for at least, all my five friends I'm talking about, <laughs> for at least seven, eight years and more. And all of them, I can't really, I've, I've never had an, like, I've never, Okay, maybe one of them had a smuggling, but it wasn't that deep. It's because like, you are holding our pictures hostage, Marissa. No, That's but... why. I don't know why, like... So, is it possible to live with women and not have issues? I is this so. possible to have women in your life who... I think and, understanding who that you are you different yes, helps. Yeah. You know, because if you're all trying to be the same kind of person, it means you're all after yeah. the same kind of things. Yeah. But if you feel and acknowledge that you are all different, then I think that's a, a step in the right direction. And being yeah. loved and being supported mm-hmm. and being encouraged by a woman, it's a really wonderful feeling. I am no distinctives. I'm in the streets and narrow, but I'm like, it's, <laughs> <laughs> look at you. <laughs> it's it's really. Be, I'm sure being loved and being whatever by a man too is nice, but it's really wonderful. It's it's a great feeling. It's one of my biggest blessings. I'm very grateful that I can have a couple of numbers. I have some down bitches I can call. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, it's wonderful. Yeah. So. I mean, I'm grateful for that. We all know that, you know, the boys have it down. They have their boys' boys and, like, mm-hmm. they're down for each other. And, like, all the guy friends that I know are all part of these, like, 
tight knit, solid, like, you know, they roll like 15 deep and they can like call mm-hmm. each other whenever. And it's, it's beautiful. And I think that they figured it out mostly because I guess they're already encouraged to. There's no story of the, um, of the the guy on guy crime in their mm-hmm. in their friend circles and it probably doesn't mean that they don't um they don't you know get into it because <laughs> they do but i think that you know maybe they're expected to not not bitch against against each other and so then they hide it and whatever i mean that's their but, own but thing then, but, but i think that Bukwa, yeah. to interrupt are you sure? Because I think most of them, yes, they are doing boys, boys are doing no, like that. But is it that, that deep? No, I don't think that, I don't think that like they are, you know, they've got this friendship thing on lock. I think they don't. But I think that they are able to present this front that yeah. you on the outside can never yeah, infiltrate yeah. because you think that this this group is strong. And that's it. It's all yeah. about perception. Yeah. You know, meanwhile, for women, as soon as you see three women together, it's assumed that at least they fight. Even yeah. if they don't, and I think that like we, what are the ways in which we can present that very strong front? Because we've already accepted that having a sisterhood and having a partnership is important. It's it's needed, but how do we? What do we need to do to make it more normal to see girls, girls, like strong girls, girls? Siran, please, Mansa will will will. will so I need you no, to... No, say it. Say it with your chest. Mansa talks too much. So, Siran, please hop in. <laughs> say it with your chest. If I don't talk again. Oh, don't do that. You know I love you. Mwah. Mwah. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think what we can do as females to have stronger sisterhoods is to have better confidence in ourselves and to be more content with our lives. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that the problem comes when people fail to be content with what what mm-hmm. God has given mm-hmm. them. If you try to live beyond your means mm-hmm. or you don't accept yourself for who you are, and then you 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 try to be what you're not, then you have cause to envy. You start to hate on people that you don't need to hate on. Mm-hmm. So I think that when women start to get content and to to feel confident in themselves yeah. and then to know that they're not in competition with anyone outside of themselves in their mm-hmm. only, then you build a better sisterhood um i mean this is not a good thing but i haven't been on social media for a very very long time and that is because of the pretentious lives i see people leading on social media and i feel that I mean, it will not benefit me in any way. And I think that, I mean, some of these things cause people to to hate on people to do things that ordinarily they wouldn't, they wouldn't be doing life. True. if they were living a real life mm-hmm. and they were content with themselves. Mm-hmm. So I think that women should learn a lesson from that and to should actually start to see each other as encouragement. When I look at my friends, I, I try to see the good in them. Mm-hmm. I try to see what it is about them that I can learn to make me a better person or to push me forward. Mm-hmm. And I think that if everybody accepts that they're in their own lane and everybody does what they can do to the best of their ability, you're you're going to have a very good sisterhood. Because speaking from my own experience, I mean, we are all very different. We all do very, very different things. Mm-hmm. But we are still able to get along because yeah. nobody is in competition with anybody. We all actually want 
each other to do better because we actually are proud to have a friend mm-hmm. who is doing so well yeah. and the benefits will, will drop uh-huh. on us and, and no <laughs> <laughs> yes yes so I, I think that positivity and just contentment in general of, of, of life would help to build better sisterhoods yeah and I think it's not everybody you can have that kind of friend-sister mm-hmm. relationship with. It's not everybody. It's not everybody who is happy for you when you do well. You have friends, I call them frenemies. I, I, I cut all those people from my life because personally as a person, personally. I don't see why you should be in my life if you're not if you're not happy for me when I'm, you know, you know those people, they yeah. pass certain. So it's not everybody should try and build mm. a sister. Like all my friends, I'm very proud to see and I'll hit my chest and say, when I when I if I have good news and I call them, they are not going to sit down and think, "Hey, so why is when is my own going to happen? Hey, why didn't it happen to me?" No, they are all excited for me as I am for them. Whenever they also have good news, so also selecting knowing people who have good hearts, like people, because not everybody has a good heart, as I mm-hmm. said earlier. So just identify the pool that you click with who have good hearts. Everybody's different. You realize that everybody has their nuances, accept them for who they are, try and make each other better people. And let's, it's already hard out there in the world mm-hmm. with people you don't know. So the people that you know are in your circle shouldn't, it shouldn't be so hard. It shouldn't be difficult, if you ask me. Mm-hmm. You think that there can be different types of, 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 of sort of sisterhoods? So like you have what you call your sisterhood, which is your friends and like close people who you tell everything. But I, do you think that there are layers to it? Like you can have a group of people who you are close to because of what you do professionally, but not necessarily. And how do people, how, how can we go about creating those different kinds of, of sisterhood? So it's more than just, okay, this person is my friend and I dump all my worries on. Because if I have a problem with work and you can't help me, yeah, you'll sympathize with me. You'll be there for me to listen and everything. But what about those other yeah, I don't think those other groups are called sisterhoods. Okay, Another what would kind you of call hood, them? but it's not like a sisterhood. <laughs> partnerships, I guess, uh, collaborations. Partnerships, um, acquaintanceships, mentorships, um, friendships, um, professionalships. Like, you do need support at every level of your life. So, in your career, if you are career oriented or entrepreneurial, you need to look up to other people who can help you. Other people that's um can encourage you, can advise you on things you need mm. to know, etc. So having those kind of people also helps. But as I said, always look out for people with good hearts. Like mm. if if and there are levels, that's something. There are levels to friendships, levels to relationships. Mm-hmm. It's not everybody who you have to be chummy chummy with. Some people you just are on a certain level with them that we are just friends. Hello, hi, can and then we all understand we are there. I'm not coming to your house, Isufu. You're not coming to my house, Isufu. Mm. But we all understand each other on that level. When I need you on that professional level, yeah. you help me. So let's leave it there. Mm-hmm. If that person, you will get along so well that you realize that, oh, aside from the, in this professional situation or in this particular situation where you are helpful to me and I'm helpful to you, yeah. you actually get me, we get you. Then maybe you can also become the person's close friend and yeah. maybe people can form, become like sisters, sister friends or something. But it's not everybody that you should get, if you ask me, get that mm-hmm. close to. Yes, be cordial with them, friendly with them, laugh with them. But after that, everybody says goodbye and goes home. So yeah. how do you think? She agrees. She agrees. <laughs> okay, so knowing what you know, um, let's say, what would you tell your 18-year-old self Menasca. about? Uh-huh. <laughs> 
<laughs> what would you what would you tell your 18 year old self um about life as a woman what is it when we're 18 when we're in the final year of school yeah so you know this is when really you're going to see things in yeah. life so what would you tell I, it I really thought about this actually yeah. I really I've done a lot of introspection mm-hmm. luckily for me when I was doing my masters I was alone most of like 90% of the time so I did a lot of introspection and my 18-year-old self, I would tell my 18-year-old self to be aware that human beings are evil. And girls are dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> yes, because, you know, and this is, I mean, I'm very, very sorry to say this, but this was a deficiency in our education because mm. the three of us all went to Wesley Girls. Yeah. You don't have to expose us like that. I'm sorry, but I'm I mean, saying that... You're no, saying your name because of her. Yes. It won't be, it won't be I'm hard. saying that I came <laughs> out of that institution feeling, <laughs> feeling that the world was perfect. Yeah. The world was peaches and cream. There was no bad person. Mm-hmm. I wasn't even aware of the harsh realities of life. I yeah. didn't even know that there was such a thing as a heartbreak. There was such a thing as bad people who can deceive you. I didn't know any of that. Mm-hmm. You know, I was just in my own world. And it didn't help us at all. Because yeah. if we had come with some street smartness, if we had come with some awareness of real life, yeah. many of the mistakes that we made would not have happened. You but know? Siran, so I, I, I'm thinking the opposite. Because unlike you, me, I was aware of all these things. Me, I've known men has come from a long time. But some you know time. how they were. <laughs> so the thing is, although... I'm not saying don't tell your 18-year-old self this. Tell her... Although this is true, that the world out there is evil, I don't think there's anything that can prepare you for how evil it is or anything that can prepare you for. Mm. Because although I I grew up thinking I shouldn't be vulnerable to anybody, don't show anybody your weaknesses, people are not good, people are, that was my, my mm-hmm. thoughts when I was growing up. But even then, I would also think, okay, maybe I'm being too hard, maybe. So... Either ways, you can never be So basically, there's nothing you can do about yeah. it. Yeah. You, can, you can be vulnerable, go out into the world, and then after... It's so funny you're saying go out into the world <laughs> <laughs> after secondary school. But yeah, you can be vulnerable, go out there, and then be hurt. You can be close-guarded, go out there, not experience anything, and still be hurt. So either which ways, you can be hurt. So I don't think there's anything that can fully prepare you for, for that. So yes, I agree with you 100% that we were not educated too much on the evils of the world. And I mean, I think every institution wants you to to believe the ideal. So when you go out, you will live the ideal. Forgetting that when you go out, it's not the ideal that's existing there. So then you should be able to navigate your your way through the um, situation in the world with the ideals or the values you've been taught in that institution. But they feel tell us that. I mean, they tell us that we didn't... Maybe they told us we just really didn't think it was that serious. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe I, guess, I don't remember. <laughs> yeah, I guess you, can never, never, you can never really imagine why how would I evil, talk about it by you. You, uh, you people so were listening. That's why. That's why. I can I'm sure I integrated <laughs> on social studies. They told us. <laughs> but yeah, so um me, my 18-year-old self, I'll just tell her that. See, I don't know what to tell you that you believe or what to tell you that. You will, uh, I really, 
I tell my 18-year-old self to to day God. Day yeah. God. For day G. I like it. Okay. And be open to new experiences. Know that hurts will come, but um, enjoyments will come. Um, there'll be laughter. There'll be tears. They'll all happen, but try as much as possible to wait through all of them because at the end of the tunnel, there's a light. Yeah, I'm yeah. deep rough. Yeah, <laughs> so deep. Oh my god. Yeah, yeah. I would have. I would have also added to myself to believe yeah. in myself. Yes, mm. yes, yes. Because you know, at that time. All we wanted it was to sit in the front seat of a trotro and to get wear sunglasses and go to the mall. Like we didn't even think beyond that. Yeah. You know, we didn't even ever yeah. see ourselves as yeah. standing on an international yeah. stage doing anything mm-hmm. big. Mm-hmm. You know, I yeah. wish I had. Yeah, I had Dreams that big. Yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. I wish, mm-hmm. I wish I had believed in myself yeah. more. Yeah. I think personally, I would, I would tell my eighteen-year-old self to just sort yourself out. Like you know, you can't spend the whole time thinking, thinking about, about other people. people. Sort yourself yeah. out. Prioritize yourself. If you haven't, if you haven't done what you need to do for yourself, don't forget everybody else. Yeah. If you have to study for your exam and to pass, yeah. and do that before you start thinking about okay, yeah. what are other people doing? If yeah. you need, if you have a plan, if you have a dream, if you are a budding Cardi B, whatever, like think about what you need to do to get there mm-hmm. and forget everybody else. Because yeah. at the end of the day, nobody else will look out for you more yeah. than yeah. And I you would look so. out for yourself. Yeah, I agree with you hundred percent on that. Because I think another thing I would tell my eighteen year old self and all my other eighteen year old selves and all the eighteen year olds. And all the eighteen year olds listening to me. Yeah. Believe in yourself, as you answered. Be confident. You are strong. You are beautiful. You are smart. You're intelligent. There's something wonderful inside you that you have to offer the world. Nobody can let you down. You can do it. Whatever it is, you can do it. <laughs> Nothing is too big for you to do. Yeah. Because I think for most of our teenagers and for us, we keep on doubting ourselves. So it doesn't really push us to try things. Try things. Know, One of the regrets yeah, I have from uni is that for me in uni, I wanted to, to pass my exams and sleep. I wasn't even trying to party or trying to do anything. I wanted to pass my exams and sleep. Like, do well. Some of my parents say I'm doing well in school and sleep. But there were so many opportunities out there that I didn't take because mm, maybe I think I'll get in. I'm not sure. But the sequences in my life and the things that have happened have shown me that there's no harm in trying. Mm-hmm. You Don't discount yourself before you even try. Before you even take the first step, don't say, mm, I don't think it's for me, so let me not. No, do it. If you feel sure. But what if you fly? Yeah. What if you fly? I think most importantly, surround yourself with people who, yeah. when you are not feeling so confident yes, in yes, yourself, will yes, always... Yes. I mean, that's who Sirana Masa are for me. Oh, um, aren't you lucky? <laughs> you know, I'm really lucky because, yeah, it's not, it's not, you know, you're not, it's not yeah. a fairy tale. You're not going to always feel yeah, yourself and true. think you're yeah. capable, but you need yeah. people around you who will remind you. Yeah, shout out to Nanama. Shout out to, shout out to Nanama. <laughs> you want to shout out to anybody, Siran? <laughs> I have to shout out to El- Esmeralda <laughs> Delfina. <laughs> no, but on a more serious note, I mean, we... we <laughs> no, um, we have to know that nothing bad that happens is the end of your life. Mm-hmm. Pick up the pieces and move on. Press on, like... Press of progress. Yes. Nothing is the end of your life. <laughs> I mean, I've, I never talk about this publicly, but mm-hmm. I'm sure 
all those who know me know that I have a son. Mm-hmm. Even if I haven't told you directly. And <laughs> a whole son? Oh, what? A whole son. A fully formed son. A fully formed son. Like the sun in the sky or? Like the a sun. sun in the in the ground. Oh my God. Okay. What? Yes. And I mean. Shout out to you. <laughs> Shout out to son. Son of Siwan. Yeah. And I think like this story, my story is a testimony of mm-hmm, God's mm-hmm, greatness. Mm-hmm. And I just, I want to encourage people that no matter what happens mm-hmm. in your life, don't give up. Mm-hmm. Push forward. Mm-hmm. Okay. So imagine me. I don't know if you have time for me to tell this story. We don't. You can summarize. Okay. The abridged version. They are abridged very abridged version. Very short version. Two minutes. One minute. <laughs> two, no, two, two. two minutes. <laughs> two minutes. Okay. So an 18-year-old girl finishes Wesley Girls, feeling on top of the world, does well, gets into tech to do law, Riding high, met a guy thinking he was the love of my life. (laughs) And then... (laughs) Long story short, I get pregnant within the first year of uni. Okay. My parents are the typical, you know... Hash and you know (laughs) parents. Yes, yes. Yes. Like every bad thing you could think of in the world, I had to turn off my phones. I had to stop communicating with everyone because my mother didn't want anybody to see, anybody to hear. Like it was a shameful thing. Okay, mm-hmm. I deferred from school for a year. I mean, long story short, I went back, and now I was I was in the same class as my my juniors. That you can just imagine how embarrassing that would be, knowing very well that your friends are ahead of you and they are still in the school. Yeah. With you all pointing at you, looking at you side eyed. Like, exactly. I'm sure many people thought that would be the end of my life. You know, but I, I pressed on. Mm-hmm. I didn't I didn't give up. You know, I finished my degree and I even got called to the bar that those earlier hey. than those who were supposed to dab be dab on them, dab on them. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> those who are supposed to be my my mates who are now my seniors. You know, so I mean, I just want to encourage people that you are a walking obinim sticker. Exactly, <laughs> like nothing bad should destroy your life. As Pick all. up the pieces and move on. What the devil meant for you to yes. tear you down and break your apart will build you up. And I think that is what that is what built my character. I yes. got to grow up in two seconds. Yes, and it has. I think that if that that hadn't happened, probably something worse would have mm-hmm. happened to me along them because my level of naivety <laughs> was too high. Yeah. Yeah. So I want to encourage people that don't give up. Don't give up. Don't give Press up. Press yes. for progress. Thank you guys so much. Oh, we still would do the this or that. It's on the agenda. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't do this, I'm not going. Oh, Masa. Okay. Okay. Why are they sucking us? No. Absolutely. How can they suck us? Ah, we have the whole... <laughs> it's waxy here. <laughs> Okay, so let's make it very quick. Okay, okay. okay. <clears throat> so let's go. We'll start very simple. Uh, fufu or banku? None. Banku. Yo. Uh, All day. Wache or jollof? Wache. Jollof. Ah, like wache is bae. No, jollof is I'm not eating wache this whole year. So serious. No, jollof is bae. <laughs> Please, wache for me. Goat, goat jollof. Wache. Hey. Fried egg. Stop. It's a boiled egg. No, 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 no. And then you get avocado. 
Jesus. It's jollof and avocado that is big. Watch it and avocado. Ew, avocado is trash. Avocado is big. Ew. Avocado goes to everything. <laughs> yes. <laughs> avocado is universal. Okay, uh, let's see. Imbaku or T'Challa? T'Challa. I don't know any of them. <laughs> <laughs> this is my fault. I'm so sorry, universe. It's all my I fault. I know I used to be Mbaku, but now I'm T'Challa. Like, I'm over Why you. Why you It's over. Why are you over Mbaku? No, I want to tell him on this platform that it's over. <laughs> Whatever we had. I'm forget. sure he's so devastated. Yeah, right? he is. <laughs> right now. Um, let's see. Uh, Marvel or DC? I don't know any of them. Okay. Wait, Why? I, I just watch it. I don't know. You don't know the difference. Okay. Um. Let's see. What else? Yeah, supposed Weaves to or add. braids? Braids. Uh, if I had to choose, it would be braids. Light skin or dark skin? Mm. <laughs> dark skin, baby. <laughs> well, when it comes to what I like to eat, dark skin. And it's a wrap, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you 